Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Lord, we love you, Lord. You may be seated for a few minutes. Pastor Alex, thank you so much. Worship team, thank you so much for being here today. I'm Pastor Kirsten. I'm not Pastor Daniel. He's gone, as Pastor Karen said. And I, I am over our children's ministry here with my wonderful wife, Mr. Kimmy. Mr. Kimmy, would you stand up for a moment? So thankful for her and for Minister Micah and all of our team that serves to minister to our children. And we are a church that loves family and loves individuals, and we minister to children and youth. You won't find a, a, you know, just a daycare center in the back to drop the kids off. When you bring your family here and bring your kids here, you'll find people that have been looking forward to your kids coming and preparing for them, ready to love on them and care for them and pray for them. And Minister Kimmy and Minister Micah do a tremendous job getting things ready and taking care of them. Can we give them a hand clap? And there's some of you that serve here, you know, maybe once a month, you're on the schedule. Thank you so much for being a part of our ministries. And we have lots of ministries here. It just, just so happens that's one of my uh, great commitments of my life is to minister to children. My wife and I have been doing children's ministry for 19 years together, and we love to minister to children. And so I get to preach today to you, which I'm usually not in here on Sunday morning. So hi. Yeah, usually I'm in the back and you don't see me. They just kind of keep me put away until the necessity arises and then they pull me out of the closet and dust it off a little bit. Just kidding. I love to come here. Hey, I want to do to this is my favorite place to be, by the way, in all of Alaska is KC. I love my church. And our church is like a home, and it's like a family, and uh, I, I, I love to be with you and, and hang out together, even in other places. In fact, this last week, we had our men's barbecue night once a month, every first Friday of the month. Men get together. You're invited. Men, you're invited to come to the next one. It'll be in February. And uh, to get more information, see, brought a Hank the Hergalot. But even at this last one, I, we had a... a Baked beans, barbecue beans, cook-off, competition. I didn't win. It was a sad occasion. So many men were deceived on Friday night. So we had a... I saw that, Hergalot. I don't know who all's in the payroll of Hank the Hergalot, but you got paid hefty this last week. Must have been hefty to vote, not vote for my beans. Wow. Anyway, I, this is my favorite place to be. I wanted to give you a special invitation. I'll be preaching next week, Sunday night, and it will be less of a sermon like this, and it'll be very oriented towards children. So you're going to bring your kids. Get them excited this week about coming to family night. Our, our Sunday night service is family night. We don't have any ministries for children and youth intentionally because we want families to worship together, sit together, worship and give and pray together. But next Sunday night, it will be uh, oriented towards kids. So bring your children and we're going to have some fun with them 
And we have some special guests that'll be showing up just for the kids. It'll be lots of fun. Make sure you register for the prophetic conference. I think you can do that on the app. Make sure you get your name in there and uh, get your seat saved. Praise the Lord. We're going to look at something very interesting in the Word of God today. It's my great privilege to get to open the Bible and look at something together and to encourage you. My hope today in this Word that I have is to stir us up as a body of believers toward what's starting tomorrow, which is our corporate fasting and prayer time. And it is actually a really exciting time. I know some of us, the moment you say fast, it's like mental shutdown. And, you know, when, when you start a fast, you know, let's say you're going to fast Twinkies. Lord, I'm not going to eat Twinkies for the next 21 days. That'll be the day somebody drops off a care package at your house. <laughs> Thinking about you. Here's a case of Twinkies. You know what I'm talking about? Does that happen to you? Happens to me. And whatever it is I choose that I'm going to set aside will show up quite frequently during those 21 days. But together, tomorrow's a significant day, and the next 21 days is, because not just here in Alaska, but every KC, there's 130 of these around the world, okay? And every KC is participating in a fast, every person, we're, we're, we're trying to get our whole body of believers to join together and fast, pray, There'll be a letter issued out with a number of things to join together and pray about. There's special times of prayer set up to come and to pray and join together and get into agreement with, on some things, both for our church and personally. And what we're going to encounter over the next three weeks, we're believing God for miracles and signs and wonders and breakthrough. In fact, we're going to look today at a moment of breakthrough that I hope stirs us up. Being the day before the, the fast, it's kind of like uh, you're, you're sort of getting stirred up on the inside. And it's, it's like we've got our feet on the starting block of the, the, the racetrack and we're waiting for the starter pistol to sound. And then we're going to start out on this fast. And so I hope today in looking at this passage and sharing some things from this passage, you're stirred up and you're ready to start. In fact, uh, I was listening to myself preach in the first service and I'm ready to start fasting like today. I was actually going to start this last week, but we had the men's barbecue night. So I decided to start tomorrow. Hank, I see you in the back. There wasn't any leftovers of my beans, but there was leftovers from yours, but somehow you won. I don't know how that works out. Not bitter, not bitter. There's no hard feelings here. Can't wait till the next contest. Praise the Lord. Why don't you take a look at the book of Daniel? We're going to look at some insights into Daniel. The book of Daniel is a book of dreams and visions, revelation. Daniel received, and not just himself, he interpreted dreams and revelation given to the king that he was serving. 
And so you'll find the theme of that all throughout the book of Daniel, but you'll also find another theme taking place at the same time, and that's the theme of prayer, the theme of fasting. You'll find that in the book of Daniel. You're probably familiar with the great kid's Bible story, Daniel in the lion's den. It's found in the book of Daniel. And there's also this very eye-opening passage that I hope stirs you up as much as it stirred me up in the realm of prayer, in the realm of fasting. Sometimes walking in a Christian walk, prayer sometimes can seem like you know, a, a requirement that you have to fulfill or something. Sometimes it gets devalued. And when something's devalued, you don't invest in it. Or you don't put time into it, effort. Prayer is one of those things that oftentimes gets put on the list of, okay, if I can get around to it, if I got some spare time, I might mumble a little prayer here and there. And I hope today to somehow stir you up and myself and us as a body of, of believers to the valuing of prayer, especially prayer and fasting. So we're going to take time to pray right now, and then we're going to look at the book of Daniel in just a moment. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for every person that's listening online, even right now or at a later date. And I thank you for all of us that have gathered here. And Lord, we're, we're embarking, we're on the precipice of fasting and prayer time. And God, I pray that the words of Daniel here and the experience that he had would stir us up to the value and the power available through prayer and fasting, the necessity of it in our life. Lord, speak to us. Give us ears to hear. I pray, oh God, that this word would carry us through the next season of prayer that somehow it would move us into another level of prayer and effectiveness and fruitfulness for our time set into prayer. Help us, O oh God, we pray. Help us to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was in college, I uh, was working at this high-rise building in Dallas. And I would commute to work, and then I would work from four till late in the night and then go home and do my hours. I was attempting to pay all cash for a wedding and I needed a, a job that would allow me to do a number of things and I got this great job. It was a 44-story building, beautiful building, one of the most beautiful buildings in all of Dallas. And it had 44 stories, like I said, but there was elevators that would access floors but there wasn't an elevator that went to all 44 floors. There were certain elevators that gave you access from floor to like a set of floors, like maybe 10 floors. So from the concourse level, you would get on an elevator, but you could only get to the floor three or four. And then you had to go across the hall and get on a, a different elevator to go to maybe 20. And they were kind of staggered like that. And I want you to have that picture in mind of together as a corporate body, we're about to get off one elevator and get onto another elevator in the realm of prayer that moves us into a higher set of, of floors. And that's the picture of taking time to couple fasting with your praying. 
And we've set out a great commitment, 21 days. You know, when your doctor tells you, you know, you got to take some tests in the morning, so you need to fast from now until the morning, you're just like, oh. Even paper smells good at that point. And it's like 12 hours, maybe, maybe 20. This is 21 days. You start avoiding certain roads through town because you know there's a, there's a uh, eating establishment on those roads. So you go, you go the back way. You show up late to work because you know the person that comes around the offices passing out morning goodies is coming by and you, you're just like, oh, I can't handle. So we've set out a, a great commitment to prayer. And we're going to get on, we're moving from one elevator, we're going to get together as a corporate body and as, an, as individuals and we're going to get on a different elevator. If you haven't decided to join us in the corporate time, I hope today that I can stir you up. Let's look at Daniel chapter 10. We're going to look at a passage of Daniel's experience. Would you stand with me this morning one more time? We're going to read the word together. I'm reading from an NIV. Yours might be different. Praise the Lord. Uh, Daniel chapter 10 says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar, something. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and sent, sent me, uh, set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. 
Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained and there I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. Please be seated for a few moments as we look into this amazing encounter. Looking at Daniel's experience here and how it applies to us, how it applies to our family and to our church, I'm hoping to to share with you three things today about this passage that I hope not just to pump you up today and send you out for lunch in a, in a happy mood, but something that stirs you up to take action and to, to join with all of us in the realm of fasting and prayer and making it an ongoing thing for the rest of your life. A momentum, maybe. And I want to look at this revelation of Daniel. The first thing I want to share is it gives us a glimpse into the invisible. If you're not aware of it, if maybe walking with Christ is new to you, maybe you're a new believer, fantastic, praise God. You need to understand that you live both in a physical realm where you can experience things with your senses, touch and see and taste. But you also live in a realm that you can't see with your eyes. It's invisible to you. We all live in it and you interact with it and engage with it every day and night, whether it gives you goosebumps or not, whether you can see it or not or touch it or not. There is a realm of the invisible and in that invisible realm, there is both the power of God, God himself that operate that you can't see. And there's also, as you see from this experience from Daniel, there's something at work against the power of God. It's Satan and his demons. And we're going to look at some interesting things in the word today that give us insight into what our prayer does. And so I want to take a look here. Uh, let's look at the first thing and that is, I just alluded to it in that there is opposition to the purposes of God. You see clearly in this passage that Daniel is praying and his answer, the person bringing the angelic figure, bringing the answer can't get through to him. There's opposition there. The devil and his forces are against Getting Daniel the answer. The same applies to you and me. There are spiritual forces that have been assigned strategic assignments working against you and I. If you look at Ephesians 6.12, why don't you take a moment to look at that? Would you flip there or scroll there or however it works for you? Ephesians 6.12. It's in the New Testament. Paul is writing to this church and he expresses to them who the battle is really against. Verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is making it clear to the Ephesian believers that what they see with their eyes is not the real fight. Even though you think your neighbor's dog that will not be quiet is the real enemy. Or maybe they have some chickens that won't be quiet when you're trying to sleep. It's not the real enemy. Or maybe your coworker is not the enemy. Paul's making it clear it's what you can't see that is the enemy. And if you'll notice in the way that he describes it, he's giving what seems to be like a hierarchy of forces. He lists them off. See, in the invisible realm, there is strategic forces, rank, divisions. Their whole purpose is you. It's not to make animals tortured at night. You know, the demons are not all getting together and say, hey, let's go find a stray cat to bother tonight. That would be fun, huh? Or any cat for that purpose. I'm not a fan of cats. If you have one, I'm sorry. But, you know, these forces that are purposed against, they're against the purposes of, of God, don't get together to see if they can, you know, let's see how, you know, troublesome we could be today to some trees. No, their whole assignment and strategy and, and purpose and their purpose of, you know, their thoughts and their attitudes and their meaning is you and me. They've been assigned and they strategize against you. Whether you can see it or not, or whether you can feel it somehow or not, that is what's taking place in the invisible realm. You see it clearly with, with Daniel. He prays, the answer was given, but the answer can't get to him. Some sort of power called the Prince of Persia, who's not a man, there's not any way that could be a man, even though it sounds like it, Prince of Persia, it's talking about a spiritual being that is assigned over that whole area. That's his region. He's like maybe the commander of all the evil forces in that land. Couldn't be a man to contend with someone whose face is like lightning. Can you imagine this? You know, Daniel has this vision, and here's this spiritual being that's just takes your breath away to see him. His eyes look like torches. And he's glowing. And he's awe-inspiring. Who could stop that guy? Not, a, not you or me. The, in the Old Testament, you find in a, in a battle that there was an angel that was released that killed 160,000 men in an army. If 160,000 men couldn't stop an angel, what stopped this angel? This guy looks awesome and powerful, but he can't get through to Daniel. There's something in the way called the Prince of Persia. And the Prince of Persia is keeping him from responding to Daniel. 
Another angel, Michael, has to come intervene in the circumstance for him to get through to Daniel. And it takes 21 days. Sometimes we get the feeling that if we pray just a little prayer and nothing happens, that God just is not going to answer today. There's a real battle going on. You and I, we really are engaged in an invisible battle. You're either fighting it or you're getting beat by it. And you don't know it. I'm hoping today to bring revelation to all of us. The first thing I want to share is you're in a real fight with invisible forces that are opposed to the working of God in your life. Now, not only are you fighting against things that you can't see, you do have your own body that never wants to do the things of God. Your, your body, um, your physical nature, it relishes in greed and lust and the things that make it feel good. Oh, extra sleep. Oh, God. I'm telling you, I... I I like to come to prayer. I like to come to prayer. I know that probably sounds moronic, but I like to come to prayer. And I come to early prayer. We have a normal prayer time from seven to eight. I come at six. When my alarm goes off, I never jump out of the bed and go, yeah! It doesn't happen. It is a wrestling to get out of that bed. Sometimes it's a wrestle just to sit up. There's been moments that my wife laying next to me will pat me on the back. Thank you for getting up to pray for us, lovey. All right, fine, I'll get up. My body, it's a nightmare. That alarm clock, I can't find a tone that sound that's not going to make it a nightmare. None of them are friendly. I tried the crickets one. Maybe the crickets one will help. I want to punch the crickets when they go off. Maybe one of those little soothing chime ones. It's the worst sound you've ever heard in your life. At four o'clock in the morning, when that thing goes off, it wasn't as pretty as it sounded the night before. And the ones that are like, ching, 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 ching. I come up wanting to hurt somebody. I come up swinging. Right? Your body does not want to do the things of God. Now you take that sinful nature and you give the, the invisible realm of the demonic access to your sinful nature, it's hopeless. You're not going to do the things of God. Now you're, you're fighting on two fronts and you've given your your body to demonic entities, that is a nightmare of trying to do the things of God. You fight in a real battle. This, this passage here of Daniel gives us a case, one of, the, you know, one of the cases for territorial spirits that there are rank and assignments over regions and authorities and strategies they're all opposed to the purposes of God. Paul, the great apostle, was held in check by demonic forces. He was writing to the Thessalonians in 
1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and he said, I really wanted to come visit you, but Satan stopped us. How many things did you try to do and you got stopped? We fight in a real battle. Coming to church and singing a few songs. Come on, it's not a, this is not about a just getting a check mark for the week and making yourself feel good and being able to tell your coworkers, yeah, I went to church on Sunday. What does that mean? Come on, this is about you and I joining together. We're fighting together. When you come here, there's a, there's a synergy of faith that's released in the body of believers. There's times you just need somebody to give you a hug. You walk in the door, come on, we're fighting together. Praying, we, we lay hands on and pray for people and we join hands and pray. We're all in a fight together. Uh, how do, so I want to look at what that means. You know, this is, this is the Bible and the stories in the Bible, but for you and I, how does this apply to us today? Well, a couple of ways. First of all, together as a corporate body, even though it, it, it maybe seem like you don't see anything, there is a fight going on over the property above Sears. We own that property. It's our property given to us by the Lord. And our plans and intentions are to put up the largest church building in the state that will hold thousands of people. Our hope is to have a, a lobby slash foyer, whatever you want to call it, that we could have a banquet with a thousand people sitting down. There's a fight going on over that property. There are spiritual forces that do not want that building built. It's only going to be built if you and I get in the fight. Welcome to the battle, folks. You're on the team. It's our hope that that building on that hill shouts and screams and declares the kingdom of God to every commuter going up and down the park's highway. There's going to be a fight over, over everything from permits to inspections to resources to monies to getting, getting trucks to release. It's dozens and dozens of semi-trucks of, of steel coming onto that property. It's a fight. You are needed to help fight. It's a, it's a battle. What that means for us personally is that there are spiritual assignments against you and your family. To ransack your house, to destroy your children and your grandchildren. If someone, I have five kids, all ages, and if someone is picking on my kid, I want to hurt them. Something inside me doesn't like my little, my little princess getting pushed. I want to go push the little four-year-old <laughs> that pushed my princess. Step on them. If your child comes home with a footprint on their chest, you'll know what happened. It was their fault. Right? Don't you feel that way? It's your child. Now that's what you can see with your eyes. 
You can see if your little princess or your fine young boy is getting picked on by another little kid and it bothers you. It should equally bother you that what you can't see is the demons in hell strategizing how they're going to kill your kids. If that don't make you get up in the morning and pray for your kids, what will? I get up, my personally, I get up every morning and come pray for my family. I know that what, what this is talking about and what Paul was talking about, those assignments are against my kids. The difference is I can't see them with my eyes. There's a setup coming. There's setups coming for my children. Traps. But not on my watch. I'm going to get up and pray for my kids, my family. We are in a fight. Corporately, personally, we've got to be prepared to fight. That's why I'm helping us today looking at this. Let's look at Daniel. Daniel did something interesting in this battle. He takes a step in the natural that affected the supernatural. What an amazing thing that God has set up. And it, it's simply this. You and you, your family, physically, verbally, you can take actions that invite evil to have access to you and to your home. You can fling wide the doors of the demonic over your life. Now, it may not give you goosebumps. Whoa, I shouldn't have done that. It's invisible. You have to realize that you can't see it, but you'll see the effects of it. You can make physical actions that give demons rights to you, to your family, to your children's children's children that you may never see, but they're affected by choices you made. Some of you are affected by choices your great-grandparents made, and you don't even know what the choice was, but you're plagued by something that you can't seem to shake. Yeah, they opened the door for you, and it got passed on. A step in the natural affects the supernatural. Please understand that. In the same way that you can influence the demonic, you can also open the door for God to do amazing things. A step in the natural can release God and give him permission to move on your behalf, to propagate uh, angelic forces to come fight on your behalf. You can propagate the, power, propagate the power of God released in the same way that you can open the door and shut the door to the demonic. You can do the same thing uh, with God's power and with his help. There are steps that you can take that, that God could release to you, let's say, uh, a series of faith steps. And they may not make sense to you, but God drops something in your heart and you take that faith step and God says, oh, that's what I was waiting on. And breakthrough happens in your life. There are some promises that God gives us that are unconditional promises. And then there are some promises and prophetic words spoken over your life that you're going to have to contend to, for those to take place. You're going to have to go to battle over them. 
And oftentimes a step in the natural, such as this time of fasting, moves forward that promise or opens the door for it. Our time of fasting and prayer that we're about to engage in tomorrow, some have already started, go for it. But it is one of those steps in the natural that affects the invisible world. You can affect it by your prayer and fasting over the next 21 days for your family, for you personally, for our church, for our state. You can affect a lot through prayer and fasting. I want to take a look at our 21 days. I don't know what you might need to see happen that a step in the natural could produce for you, but remember, it's like getting on a different elevator. You've got to make the choice to get on that other elevator. There was a time I needed a word from God. I was in college, and I was working at this fast food place, making food, lots of food. And I had met this lovely young lady that I had in my heart a desire to pursue. And I wanted to be very sensitive to the purposes of God. And I didn't want to even, I hate to say this, I didn't even want to talk to any girls. If God spoke to me and said no, I didn't even talk to them. I didn't want to. I'm going to aim for the one that God says, go for it. So there were, I had made this agreement with the Lord. Lord, I, I'm going to, if I see a young lady that is appealing to me, I'm going to first present it to you. And if you say no, I'm going to drop it. And I'm not coming back. That happened, I don't know, hundreds of times. So discouraging. And it was like, God, are you blind? Do you not see? Come on. No. So I'm in this one class in college, and this one young lady walks in, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what about her? And he doesn't say anything. I was so freaked out. I've heard no 438 times in a row. And all of a sudden, here's this young lady walking in, and I was just like frozen. Because I never heard God say no. So I needed a word from God. I'm evidently not hearing right. Because God, you're supposed to say no. You didn't say anything. So here I am working at this fast food place. And I'm making cheeseburgers with grilled onions and bacon. and ah. Well, I decide I'm going to go on a seven-day full fast for a word from God. I've got to know why I didn't hear him say no. And, and so um, I decide not to eat anything. I'm only going to drink water for seven days while I'm at this uh, burger place. It's probably the worst decision you could ever make. Lord help, what a nightmare. Uh, you know, you, you say you're going to fast Twinkies. Guess what shows up at your door? UPS just drops off a case of Twinkies at your house. I need a drink Thanks, lovey. So here I am. I'm going to do this fast. And it went good. It went, I mean, it was so great the first day. 
I can plow through this. Day two through seven was like horrible. I can smell cheeseburgers right now. But God spoke to me. Man, it was difficult. But I so desperately wanted to hear from God about the direction. Because I don't want to just marry somebody to get married. The purposes of God are playing out in my life. And I want to be married to someone who's going to join with me and die for the Lord to the same degree that I'm going to die. I don't want to drag somebody along for the rest of my life hoping they're going to love God as much as I do. If you're looking to get married, if you got to drag somebody to get to church and to love somebody as much as you love God, or to love God as much as you do, you may want to reconsider. Marry somebody who loves God more than you do. Who's saying, hey, you, let's go. Who's up or before you, dragging you along. So that, that was my intention. I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. So I, I'm fasting. I do this fast. Every day I'm at work. It's just like, oh, You know, the sizzling when you turn the burger. It's like the sound of heaven. Well, toward the end of that fast, we had a breakthrough take place. The particular young lady that I was interested in showed up in the drive-thru at the, the burger place that I worked at and she was riding in somebody, some other man's truck. And I got so angry. And I know it was the Holy Ghost because I became so indignant. I wanted to spit in their food. And I knew right then, okay, that's never going to happen again. If she's going to go to a burger joint drive-thru, it's going to be in my car. Hallelujah. And here she is right here. Ah! I made sure I communicated that one moment. See, she had ordered a bacon cheeseburger. I made her the biggest bacon cheeseburger you could imagine. I didn't care if I got fired for throwing that much bacon on it. That thing wouldn't even fit in the wrapper. I had to use two wrappers to wrap that burger. Set it in their car. The car tilts. That was the last time. That ain't happening again. I needed a word from God. Some of you are set up. For God to break through. It's almost as if God himself is saying to us as a body and to individuals, I'm waiting for you to start the fast. Get on a different elevator. Come up a little higher. Come on, put your, put your flesh in a disposition for a few days because there are levels that you need to get to. There's answers and breakthrough and healing that's on the way. If you'll just set aside the time and pray, and be a person of prayer. God's been waiting on the fast. It's almost like you can hear him saying, hurry up. God, who doesn't go by time, is saying, hurry up. Let's get this thing going. He's waiting for us. There's breakthrough coming. There's times of prayer set up for the next 21 days. Friday nights, come down here, walk in. I bring my kids. I bring... Uh, 
Personally, I throw them in the car at midnight with blankets and pillows and a mattress. And I bring them in here and I set them up right over here on one of those memory foam mattresses. And my, four of my kids are in here. I don't even care if they sleep. There's something different when you're in the presence of God. They can sleep in the presence for all I care. We're going to pray. And when they wake up and go, where am I? They're going to see their dad walking and praying. I walk, by the way, so I can stay awake. Because if I sit down, I'm going to zonk out. We got Friday night prayer set up so that you can come and pray. Of course, we have early morning prayer. There's a group at 5, a group at 6, a group at 7. Make a commitment for the next 21 days that in some manner you're going to pray. Make a new, a fresh commitment to come to early morning prayer. Come to the Friday night prayer. And, and, and push through. Daniel had to persevere in prayer. He didn't pray and then go, well, I guess it just didn't happen. He prayed for 21 days. You know, it says he didn't put any lotions on. I read one version of the Bible and I was reading through this. It said he didn't take a bath for three weeks. Oh, well, no wonder he broke through in the supernatural. Please don't do that. If you do, don't come here. Just walk by. He took a step in the natural and he, uh, he persevered in prayer. So get in position. What I want to encourage you, the, the three things I wanted to encourage you is that you're in a spiritual fight and it's a real fight. The second thing is that you can take a step in the natural that affects the, in, the invisible realm. And the third thing that I wanted to share today is that our prayer is highly valuable. Would you look at the last text I want to read here? And it's uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, somebody say praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy heal. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight. That sounds awesome. About the time of the evening sacrifice, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Amen. Now, in this instant, the angel Gabriel got through to Daniel right away. In the one that we read earlier, Daniel had to persevere and fast and pray for 21 days. Regardless of what it took for the answer to come, I want you to understand your prayer has power. Heaven hears you pray. Your words turn to God. Your, your, your attention and your words have so much value that heaven can hear them. And I want to point out to you that the demonic force that kept the answer from coming could not stop the prayer from going up. You don't find recorded there that, that Daniel prayed, but his prayer didn't get through for 21 days. The moment he started praying, heaven heard his prayer. Please don't ever think that 
Prayer is just some regurgitation of phrases that you have to do in some religious, religious uh, you know, cycle to get a check mark somewhere. Have you ever seen, uh, like uh, in front of a business, they got those giant fans with those balloon guys that just keep doing the same motion over and over again? They never do anything different. That's not prayer. Prayer is not just some repetition and maybe God will do something, maybe he won't. It's vibrant. It's dynamic. It's relational with the king. And I want to encourage you that your prayer has value. The moment Daniel started praying, heaven heard him and responded. Persevere in prayer. So get in, get in position for the next 21 days. Let me help you get into position for a breakthrough. First of all, you got to be intentional about your fast. No one accidentally fasts. Man, I didn't even know I hadn't eaten Twinkies in 21 days. I fasted 21 days of Twinkies and didn't even know it. Wow, God is good. No, you have to be intentional about it. Intentional about it. So you decide and you make action and you set it up. This is what I'm going to do. The second thing that in being intentional about it is the time frames you're going to pray. I have never, ever in my 19 years, 18 years of being on staff here with Casey ever seen somebody accidentally show up at prayer. It just doesn't happen. I, I, man, I didn't mean to, but I, I accidentally woke up early this morning and came to prayer. I, I just got in my car and here I was. It has to be intentional on your part. I am going this time. This is when I'm going to pray. I'm setting aside this time. I'm going to be intentional on purpose. What's the focus? Set the focus of your fasting and prayer. Make a list of the things that you're believing God for. And then secondly, in getting in position, is pray. It isn't just not eating Twinkies for 21 days and hope God, you know, fulfills all your dreams and your wildest dreams come true. It's prayer coupled with fasting. It's both. I want to challenge you to make a fresh commitment, one hour a day to pray. Well, I just don't even know what to do for that hour. Let me tell you what I do. I have it broken up into time frames. So this is, this is my hour, and you don't have to do it this way. I'm just saying there's, you can segment it. So the, my first 30 minutes, I don't do anything but pray in the Holy Ghost and sing songs. Well, I thought prayer was just you know, telling God what you want him to do, for, do over and over again. You've missed the whole thing. So my first 30 minutes, I, I pray in the Holy Ghost, and I sing worship. And I tell God how good he is. And then for the next 15 minutes, I pray. I'm already at 45 minutes. I pray for my family. There's seven people in my immediate family, so that takes some time. And then I pray for those on my extended family. And by then, I've only got a little bit of time left to finish up my hour. It goes by fast. You can do that for an hour. Try it. Try it for 21 days. Try a new pattern in your life. So be intentional. Two, pray. 
The next thing is get in agreement. Get in agreement with your family. In my house, it's a family thing. This is what we're fasting. This is what we're believing God for. Uh, we have these fasting and prayer cards. Uh, our ushers have them. Uh, if you'll grab those ushers and if you want one of these, please use it. It's a means for us to be in agreement over what you're believing God for. When we come to pray, we have you know, stacks of prayer requests. These ushers have them. In fact, let's do them right now. If you want one of these cards and you want us to agree with you, mark the fast that you're going to do and write on there what it is you're believing God for. Come on, raise your hand right now and take one of these cards. Fill it out. If you've already filled one out, then marvelous. We've got them. But we're going to believe. We're going to get into agreement with one another for breakthrough, turnaround, miracles. Thank you, Pastor Alex. We're going to agree together as a church for things in our church, for breakthrough with our building, for family members to be saved, for people who've gotten waylaid by the demonic forces and lies and deceit and offense to, have, to receive healing and come back, for our community, for our nation. We're going to come into agreement with those things. One last thing to do in, in being in the right position for a breakthrough, and that is to take physical action to confront the things that you've maybe struggled with. So if you have struggled, you know, you struggle sharing your faith during the fasting and prayer time, when you're on a different elevator, be intentional about going to share your faith or a testimony or invite somebody to to church. If fear overtakes you, confront it head on. Maybe you struggle with greed in some way. This is that you're on a different elevator. Be involved in being generous in your community or when the, when the time comes for giving here, take action, whatever it might be. Take some physical action. Remember a step in the natural. Maybe you've got some things you've been challenged with or you're believing God for someone else. You don't know exactly what step to take. Seek the Lord for some faith steps that would unlock the supernatural. Believe God for it. We're going to join together and believe God for breakthrough, turn around. Who's got a circumstance that you need turned around? Who needs wisdom in making some upcoming decisions? I do. Who wants to see a family member come 180 degrees. Me too. I'm going to believe God to go to battle for the next 21 days on a different elevator. Why don't you stand with me this morning? If you got one of those prayer and fasting cards, you can just return it to the ushers. We're going to pile them all up and make a prayer list. Tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., these doors open. I arrive at 6. Another group arrives at 7. Come and pray. Come on, let's pray about this prayer, prayer and fasting time. I'm going to pray for you right now. and If you would, take a moment to speak to the Lord. Listen carefully. He's going to give you faith steps. Maybe He's going to direct your fast in some way. Maybe there's a specific step in the natural that might seem unusual to you, but if he drops it in your heart, 
It's because he's looking to unlock something for you. May not even be related to it. Let's pray. Why don't you bow your head for a few moments and why don't you talk to the Lord. Lord, I thank you, God, for this passage in Daniel. Thank you for the revelation of the battle and the reality of spiritual forces that oppose what it is you long to do, oppose you and your people. I thank you for the revelation that our our prayer is so valuable. Even though our our body sometimes doesn't even want to do it and sometimes seems fruitless, but our prayer is heard in heaven. The moment Daniel spoke, thank you for the revelation today, oh God, that what we're about to ensue upon together as families, as a corporate body, as an individual, has so much power in the invisible realm to shape, to open, to close, to end the work of the enemy against people in our lives, our community, to propagate your power being released. God, would you direct us? God, release even right now specific steps in the natural, faith steps in the natural that would unlock your power to move on our behalf. I pray, oh God, for a fortitude in our physical bodies over the next 21 days as we lay aside various things and actions, whatever it might be. Oh God, we're desperate for your power to be released. Strengthen us, O God, our minds, our bodies. Strengthen us, O God. Give us tremendous grace, we pray. The grace to fast for this long commitment of 21 days. I thank you, God. Lord, it's such high anticipation for your power being released. There's going to be wisdom released. There's going to be turnaround in relationships. There's going to be healing. There's going to be provision released. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. I give you glory. Help us, oh God, we pray. Hallelujah. In our final moments together today, I just want to encourage you that if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, that today is your day. Don't miss today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow or even that your day would end. It is so vitally important to make sure that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that you live for Him. It's true life. It's not something you add to your load of responsibilities to try to spin all the things you've got to spin. It's it's surrendering your life to Jesus and letting Him be, if you will, the boss over everything that is in your life, every aspect. And if you haven't done that, you're missing out on life that's truly life. In fact, if you haven't done that, you don't have the promise of heaven. You have a guarantee of going to hell. You already got your ticket. Change that today. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you don't know if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then He's not. You need to make that choice today. Those of you watching online, 
Those of you that are here with me in this room, I'm gonna take time to lead us in prayer today. And I wanna encourage you to pray the prayer of faith. To pray with me from your heart and make a declaration of putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. The Bible makes it clear that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, took your place, and God raised him from the dead, and you say that out loud, you confess that, that's your confession, then you'll be saved. And so we're going to pray that prayer today. Why don't you pray with me? Let's bow our heads for a moment. That's, that's just so that you're not distracted by other people. It's more than just repeating words. I thank you, God. Why don't you pray with me this morning? Say it right out loud. Say, dear Lord, I thank you for taking my place on the cross. You died for my sin. You died for my shame. You paid my price. And God raised you from the dead. I say with my mouth and I believe in my heart you are my God. You're my Lord. I choose today to serve you and live for you for the rest of my life. Come into my life. I surrender to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, I, I know right now there was people online and people right here that received you as their Lord and their Savior. God, your presence is so strong here today. I thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you touch every person? Even as we depart from here and go about our, the rest of the day, I pray, God, for a, a reality to your presence today. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.